Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. It is now. Sad, aren't we, really? 50-plus years later, <laughs> we're still telling the story. The reason for that is, to be honest, we haven't won much else since <laughs> or before, particularly the men. Well, apart from Johnny Wilkinson. Remember Johnny Wilkinson? Even last year, we were in the final, this is my boys, in the final of the T20. I bet they thought it was all over when they needed 20-odd off the last over and then Ben Stokes was bowling to Carlos Braithwaite and hit four sixes. My favourite one is actually, is, uh, is, is Dave done it here? This is for me, Dave. It's a uh, picture on the screen here. This is uh, the Olympic hockey final, 1988. And... Uh, Steve Batchelor crosses, Imran Shwani slots it to make it 3-1. Who are we playing again? Oh, I think it was West Germany. No Germans here, are they? I, I do apologise. And uh, the commentator's name was Barry Davis, and I don't have the stats for how many match today's and FA Cup finals he did, but it was about the same. And the line was, where were the Germans? Talking about the defenders. But frankly, who cares? <laughs> Impartial to the end. Of course, the biblical equivalent... Is Jesus hanging on the cross saying three words. We heard them earlier. It is finished. At that point, it must have looked pretty bleak to the crowd. I mean, to be frank, they didn't understand what was going on at all. The disciples were hiding. The ladies were weeping. Spectators were mocking. You know, you, you said you could save others. Why can't you save yourself? When are you going to call down the legions of angels? Well, as we could see, they were, they were clearly busy. Talking of the angels, of course, in our, in our drama, the angels thought it was all over. But a bit of a disclaimer, we have taken some fictional liberties in those dramas, a little bit of poetic license, if you like. But for us, it was fun continuing the narrative from the dramas we had at the carol services, if you were there at those. But even still, amongst the heavenly host, on that first Easter, there must have been at least some confusion. Some anxiety and anger, even. What are you doing to our Lord and our King? How could you say that? I mean, I've known him for eternity. He's the most perfect, holy, wise, kind being in the universe. And you've accused him of that? You're treating him like that? You're killing him like that? Incredulity. Anguish. Numbness. Let's for a moment have some fun pretending that they didn't know the plan. That they really did think that it was all over, that they didn't yet know the end of the story. After all, the book of Revelation hadn't been written yet. Had the mission to save the world failed? Had the light been extinguished? Had all hope been lost? Had the enemy won? Was mankind eternally damned? What did the first disciples think? I mean, reading the last few chapters of the Gospels are pretty clear they did not get it at all. But for them, all that hope, 
all those miracles that they'd seen. The Messiah, surely, was going to get rid of the Romans in that time of oppression. Surely there was a light at the end of the tunnel at last. As Jesus was sentenced to a criminal's death, as he was flogged, and as he was hung on the cross, did they think it was all over? I think they did. Perhaps because resurrection was a totally new thing. I mean, after all, no one had really done it yet. So the disciples scattered by a handful of women at the foot of the cross. Peter denied Jesus completely once the pressure started to tell and they weren't exactly camped outside the tomb ready to kick off the resurrection party. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. To quote Darren's uh, conclusion of his speech, he said this, and in a situation that seemed so desperate, Was it really all over? Or did God somehow have a plan? And the moral of the Easter story is absolutely, God did indeed have a plan. In fact, God always has a plan. In fact, it is never over until God says it's over. Had had the mission to save the world failed? Absolutely not. It had just started. Luke 24, verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. That's the angels, right? In their fright, the women had bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Had had the light been extinguished? No. However stark the dark, it can never extinguish the light. John 1, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That great passage. Verse 4, the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Had all hope been lost? No. Hope was about to be reborn and change the world forever. 1 Peter 1 verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Had the enemy won? Betty thought he had. 1 John 3 verse 8, For this purpose, Christ was revealed to destroy all the works of the evil one. Was mankind eternally damned? John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. God 
always has a plan. And it's never over until he says it's over. And that plan will always reflect his character, his holiness and justice. That plan will always reveal his love, his goodness, his mercy. And that plan will always unfold his purposes, victory and liberty. And of course, the the pivotal message of Easter is that salvation has come to humankind. The good news that the angels promised at Jesus' birth, what we call the gospel, God's strategy to save those who believe. And as I said, the, the salvation plan reflects God's character, his holiness and justice. Because God is holy, sin had to be judged. And Jesus stood in our place as accused. And God the just declared him guilty and justice was served. But the salvation plan also reveals God's love, that Jesus took our place, that he he paid our price, that he showed us exactly how much he loved us in demonstrable, sacrificial action. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And the salvation plan also unfolds his purposes. That a cosmic victory had been won and that the captive had been set free. John 8, 36. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Colossians 2, 13. When, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. God always has a plan and it's never over until God says it's over. An extension of the Easter message, primarily it's about the salvation of mankind, an extension of that is that God is a redeemer. That God takes things that are dead and brings them back to life. God takes things that are broken and binds them back together again. God is in the business of loving the unlovable, of forgiving the unforgivable, and of freeing the unfreeable. Because of Easter, out of death comes resurrection life. Out of despair comes hope. Out of darkness shines the light. And out of failure comes amazing grace. God always has a plan and it's never over until he says it's over. Let me ask you this question. Have you ever reached the point of hopelessness? It's over. I'm done. That's it. Perhaps there's been a moment in your life when you took a deep breath and wondered how on earth you were going to take the next step. Perhaps the accumulation of your circumstances was squeezing you on every side and made you despair 
for your very future. Maybe divorce papers landing on your front doormat. Maybe that final bill, even more than you expected, tipping you financially over the cliff, looking down on the jagged rocks, crashing waves, waiting for you at the bottom. Maybe one of your kids yelling down the phone, I never want to speak to you ever again. Dramatic, I know, but, but, but maybe a dream has died. Maybe a business has failed. Maybe a project has ended in disappointment. Maybe a relationship that you greatly valued has ended. You know, the Easter story demonstrates that God always has a plan and that it is never over until God says it's over. It doesn't matter how hopeless the situation. It doesn't matter how sharp the whip, how piercing the nails, how heavy the tombstone. It's not over until God says it's over. He is the God of life and of hope and of redemption and of victory. If you need forgiveness... Jesus paid the price. If you need to be set free, Jesus has broken every chain. If you're feeling beaten and bruised and battered and needing to be put back together again, Jesus said, by my stripes, you have been healed. If you need peace in the middle of the storm, Jesus said, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. If you ever think there is no hope for you, no forgiveness for you, if you think that God couldn't, doesn't, shouldn't love you, if you think there is no future to you, remember, it's never over until God says it's over. Don't discount the plan of God. You may not be able to fathom it. It might seem irrational. It might be slower than you'd hoped to unfold. But remember, God always has a plan. Close with this little familiar verse. If you're like me, you have it up in your kitchen. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And on your kitchen wall, it stops right there. But I'm going to read the next couple of verses too. Verse 12 says, Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found for you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back from captivity. Stop for a second, pause and look at the set of promises listed there. If you will call, if you will come, if you will pray, says he will listen. If you will seek, he will be found. And his plan for you, verse 11, is good. His plan for you is one of liberty and of prosperity and full of hope. And the good news is that because of Easter, all of that is available to you right now. Remember, God has a plan.
God always has a plan and it's never over until he says it's over. Don't know how you feel inclined to respond to that this morning. A couple of, couple of thoughts for you. First of all, today is the day to offer your life to the Saviour. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe you've never really understood the Easter story. Maybe you've backed away from it. Maybe it's intimidated you. Maybe you've been resisting it. Well, I tell you, today is your day. Today is your day to get on your knees, to quit fighting and to say, Lord, I humble myself before you. I recognise that you are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm so grateful that you came and that you sacrificed and that you died and that you bled. I'm so grateful that you burst alive out of that tomb and because of that I can have a relationship with you that is unbroken. I can have a future, I can have a hope, I can have a light, I can have a life, I can have a love. And if that's you this morning, I'd encourage you to pray a very simple prayer. Invite Jesus into your life. Declare that he is your Lord. Receive him as your saviour. And you can step into the brand new day that Easter is. Secondly, Easter is a great day to rededicate. Maybe for some of you, you've been a wandering off. Maybe you accepted the Lord as your saviour once, once afar off. Maybe you've come and gone over the years. Maybe today is the day when you say, you know what, Lord, I get it again. When I think about what you did, when I think about your commitment, it, it makes me question my own levels and degrees of commitment. So Easter Sunday is a great day to rededicate. It's a great day to realign your life. It's a great day to recommit yourself to your Lord and Saviour. And thirdly, maybe you hear those words, God always has a plan and it's not over until it's over and you're honestly saying to me, do you know what, for me it feels like it's all over. For me it feels like there's no hope, no future, the, the circumstances of this world are squeezing me right now and I don't know where to turn or what to do. Remember, God always has a plan and it's never over until God says it's over. And read that little passage again when you get home. Jeremiah 29. Read the whole chapter. Read 11 through 14, 15. And take those circumstances to the Lord. and Get on your knees and say, God, you've always got a plan. The angels in the story didn't know what it was. The disciples certainly didn't. But God, you have, and I don't, but you have a plan. You have a plan for me and it's not over. It's not over until you say it's over. Take it to the Lord invite him into it because he is a redeemer. He is a rescuer. He is a saviour. And ultimately, he wants to be your Lord. Remember, one last time, God always has a plan and it's never over until God says it's over.